Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, of course... Uh, we wanted to reflect what went on yesterday at uh, Wembley with the Lionesses and we spoke to our England correspondent Faye Carruthers who caught up with some of the girls at the Victory Parade in Trafalgar Square. You'll hear all that and get Faye's take on uh, the uh, tournament. Uh, we also uh, chatted to two pioneers of women's football. We did, yeah. The two Margarets, Margaret Whitworth, Wit and Margaret Shepherd. Tiny. Yes, we had to come up with a system. Manchester Corinthians players uh, who played at a time when the game was uh, outlawed by the FA for women and uh, they had some interesting takes on what needs to happen now uh, to uh, to capitalise on this uh, brilliant tournament and England's win. Uh, we had some clips of the week pewter. They were fun. From 2010. Yeah. We had a bit of a chat. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yes, good afternoon. What, what a tremendous what a, uh, day it was yesterday. Very well-deserved, well-coached, really together group. A great achievement. Certainly Absolutely was. brilliant. And, uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic. I didn't... I was telling you on the phone this morning, I didn't celebrate the second goal because I thought, they're going to var this. There's something about it didn't look quite right. And then when I look back, you know, it was fine. Yeah. But they did var it. And it was, that's a shame. But the first goal was absolutely brilliant. And Germany's goal, to be fair. Yeah, both good goals. Germany was so physical. I thought they were like Don Revy's Leeds in 1970. <laughs> they really roughed good us thing up, though, didn't they? I thought, I thought England matched them when they needed yeah. to. You know, they got stuck in as well. If that's the kind of game they wanted, That that's what they got. So. Jill Scott swearing like Wayne Rooney. Tremendous. Marvelous, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Robin Kelly. Saying, I don't think we need a lip reader there. No. You're not wrong there. No, she right, had a good no. tournament. She's a very good commentator. Yeah, and Rachel Brown Finnis, I thought, did really well. Yeah. She's not Brown Finnis. She's only 28. There we are. <laughs> no, but she did poor listeners. You have to say, I mean, it, it got sort of swept That's aside in, in, the, in the glory of the win, but Pop getting injured yeah. you know, in the warm up was a big plus for England. As Charlie Baker said on Twitter, Glenn McGrath's trod on the ball. It was. Yeah, but sometimes that happens. You know, it could have easily have happened to yeah, Beth Mead, it no, could have happened to Kira Walsh. That's football. It, it happened happens to anybody. It's always so, upsetting though when they get injured. I think she was carrying it something anyway. But, yeah. uh, but I do understand. And it was practicing a penalty, wasn't it, that she did it, apparently. Yeah. She put a foot well, through one and Germany, felt the she muscle. It was going to be a penalty. Well, indeed. Yeah, we all thought so, it was going to so be penalties for a while. But. Uh, honestly though 1-0 up uh, England 25 minutes to mm. go playing lovely football 
Uh, Germany's still dangerous. Couldn't be more exciting. And people are doing the Mexican wave. I mean, honestly, you just <laughs> despair. I would just, honestly, I'd say that's it. You're banned for life. You, you <laughs> can't come to another football match ever again. Mm. If you, It's so insulting to the players. Mm. It's like if you imagine in the theatre or the opera, you started doing that in the middle of a performance. Well, I don't know. I mean, well, halfway through to be or not to be. <laughs> Way! Whoa! It's not right, is it? I yeah. think it's absolutely wrong. I enjoyed Prince William consoling the uh, German captain by saying, Granny will be disappointed. Yeah, she won't be <laughs> on the quiet. Yeah. <laughs> But no, but, it was absolutely uh, sensational. There was some great. There was an iconic moment. Definitely the Nobby Styles moment was um, Chloe Kelly singing uh, <laughs> "Sweet Caroline," then running mm. off with the BBC mic. That, that was <laughs> that was great. Just <laughs> and, it was a proper mic and drop. Serena Vigman did what we call a motty at Cheltenham. She, mm. she went to leave. She still had her headphones. Oh yeah, on. Motty a, did that. At Cheltenham. I think give give her that in the moment. <laughs> we yeah, will, we're going to yeah. be finding out um, how they're celebrating in Holland. You know, I'm sure they're. Mm. They're delighted to see her, her bring it home again, even though it's us this time yeah, and not to Holland. But uh, she has done an amazing job with that. Too. She's a brilliant coach. I mean, there's no question about that. I just wish to Miami are, next for yeah. her. I think, of course not. Of course not. I just heard it's very not. funny. Do that. I just wish people could enjoy mm. it for what it was—a brilliant yeah. performance—and not use it as a stick to beat Premier League players or male footballers. I mean, a lot of these girls. Mm. You know, we hope now these girls will inspire a lot of young women young girls to go and play football yeah but a lot of these girls were inspired by dads who love football of course who passed on their love of football to their daughters mm. you know so i uh, could do with about a little less man bashing myself but yes. there you go that's my uh, opinion but all of it it's, it is a kind of moment in time we said this when we sat here didn't we after the london olympics and you did that word legacy again and we talked about what will happen mm. now but a lot of work needs to go into that doesn't it? you don't want to look back on this in five or six years i don't think it will be the case i think the profile of the players uh, the, the fact that they've won the hmm. tournament. We've only got to look at Trafalgar Square now to see the interest is there. Oh, it, it's, 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 it's going to grow and grow. It is going to grow and grow. It's a good thing as well. I thought Wrighty's point was a good one around around kickoff times last night. He was talking about some of the big games, making sure people can get there. The thing is, at the moment, the bulk of the money going into the, the WSL is through TV. BBC and so they've Sky, been dancing yeah. to their tune. But that can that can change. You know, that can it, change it is a shame. Six o'clock Sunday is not a great time for no. people. Really, you've got school the next. Next day, if you want kids to go down there, uh, <laughs> like men's football, though they've had some amazing quotes. You know, they go around the press sort of asking people what they think of it. And uh, I think uh, Dane Joan Collins apparently oh, okay. said, uh, uh, "Bring it home." They did. I thought Dane Joan preferred National League myself. <laughs> she I didn't is. Know she was such a big fan. She gets down to play more when she can. <laughs> Dame Joan. She uh, honestly. Yeah, there was a lot of the show busy stuff, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, there someone, was, someone yeah. likely. Uh, Brandy Chastain was on. Um, was on TV. Of course, they had to give her a well, call of course they did, after yeah. Chloe Kelly's uh, celebration. But no, she was really good, really interesting. She talked mm. about their World Cup win being a real catalyst for change in, in uh, soccer in the States. And, you know, all the signs are exactly the same thing can happen here. We certainly hope so. So, and yes, Shania Twain even weighed in. Yeah. <laughs> what did she say? Well, she just, uh, she's a bit of swearing. But um, not like a bit, bit potty-mouthed on Shania. You never would have thought that. Oh, really? Um, I, 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 she used I'm to just... sit behind me at Chelsea. She's worse than Jimmy. <laughs> was she really? Yeah. 
Effing and Jeffing, oh, she was bad, all the match. Was. Shania, for goodness, just calm down. <laughs> Kids here. No, so she just, you know, it was one of those kind of rallying call things. Hmm. But no, she was clearly enjoying it, clearly enjoying the game. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Understandably, I think, seeing what the Lionesses uh, have achieved over the last month has, uh, has made many of the players of an earlier vintage very emotional. I mean, yeah, Alex got barely able to speak yesterday. And they were pioneers, weren't of they? Of course. I mean, you can go even further back to an era when uh, that women weren't allowed to play football um, and that was certainly the case with uh, the Manchester Corinthians team who uh, played throughout the 50s, 60s and uh, 70s and obviously got the chance to play the game when it when the FA finally did relent and allowed women uh, to play again. Uh, they were a very successful side, continued playing, played lots of uh, big games abroad, huge crowds, beating Juventus in, in tournaments, etc. Um, we touched on this the other week with uh, Margaret Whitworth, one of the former players, as they're looking to officially kind of um, salute the job they did with a, with a, a, a plaque and a, and a sort of permanent marker in, uh, in Manchester. But we thought we would chat to uh, Margaret Whitworth again and a fellow Margaret, Margaret Shepherd, another teammate for Manchester Corinthians, see what they've made uh, of this Euro 2022 victory. Good afternoon, Margaret. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now, to differentiate, mm-hmm. uh, Margaret Shepherd, where I, I, we understand your nickname was Tiny because <laughs> you're because you're tall. So <laughs> So Margaret, for, we can't keep saying Margaret. Margaret, we'll, we'll be talking <laughs> over each other. So Margaret Shepherd is Tiny. Uh, Margaret, yes. Did you um, have a nickname? Yeah, Margaret Whitworth, did you have a nickname in the team? Yes, call, they called me Wit. Wit, OK. They're we, gonna we, we were getting Witto. Witto, we're going to be a bit more Route 1. <laughs> so <laughs> for the next few minutes, it's Wit and Tiny. We're going to take you back to your playing days. So, uh, so Tiny, we'll kick off uh, with you. Um, where did you watch yesterday? Um, well... I actually had to uh, look after my grandchildren. Um, <laughs> so I sat them down and said, right, you're watching the uh, women's Euros, whether you like it or not. <laughs> um, and it was very, very tense. I kept going out into the garden, coming back in. Um, I looked at the players and all the players looked as though they knew they were going to win, mm. but... At the back of my mind, I was a little bit apprehensive, uh, especially when they equalised just before full time. Um, but thankfully, thankfully, we brought it home. Absolutely brilliant. Are your are your yeah. grandkids into football, Tiny, or not? Um, yeah, I've got um, Noah, who is eight. Um, he absolutely adores football. He's got a football at his feet all the time. Mm. Uh, the twins, they're only six. Um, Finley likes playing football, but Ella, not at the moment. Um, oh. But I'll, I'll change her, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the genes, isn't it? Of course it, it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, Wit, uh, what about you? Where did you watch it? I was at home here where I am, and I was fine when they scored, and then when they scored and equalised, oh, I was panicking. And then extra time came and I had to keep flicking backwards from one stage to the other because I couldn't watch it when they were attacking. Was, oh, it was so nerve-wracking. I was so nervous. I wanted uh, to ask you, because uh, it was a very physical game and Germany definitely oh, attempted thought... to rough England up. What about when you played? Was, was was football like that for women? 
Um, what do you mean, being rough? Physical, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we used to get a bit of that now yeah. and again, yeah. yeah. But uh, nothing cynical. No, nothing we couldn't handle. No, obviously. <laughs> so, Tiny, when you kind of went abroad and you played in different parts of the world and sort of played against Ju- Juventus and stuff, were were they a bit more like that? We always get these ideas that the sort of Italian players are kind of cuter at that kind of thing, you know, the rough stuff. Yeah, Did, they were. Were they? <laughs> I thought you might say were. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, very, very defensive and um, very aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Stop yeah. Your it's yeah. interesting, though. I was saying earlier in the show that, of course, it's wonderful that these girls are going to inspire a whole generation of women and young girls, but a lot of them were inspired by their dads who loved sport and passed on their love of football to them. <laughs> and, your, and the club itself, your club, was founded, wasn't it, by Percy Ashley so that his daughter could play. It's interesting, that, I think. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, but... Not from our parents. Well, certainly not from my parents. So. My dad. My dad was hopeless. He didn't know a thing a thing about football. <laughs> How did you? Who inspired you then? Somebody must have inspired my, you. My, my, fam- my uncles and my cousins were all big city fans, and um, only through them, um, probably I wouldn't have even been interested. Well, I would have been interested, but they encouraged me even more. Um, so I used to go every week. My dad had a clue about football. Um, my mother did. My mother used to go because she went with her dad when uh, she was only young. Um, so it's come from the female side, basically. Um, and then it went through to my uncles and cousins. Um, but my dad, not a clue. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, That's interesting isn't it? Are you both City fans? Margaret's, no, she's United and City. <laughs> yeah, I thought they might. Oh. So they, don't, <laughs> they don't speak sometimes. <laughs> I suppose, Tiny, there was a lot of that in the team, wasn't there? I suppose you had, I think maybe you had the odd Stockport fan as well, but you, uh, I mean, it's hard to believe now, possibly if you were playing now, you'd have the chance to play for Manchester United or Manchester City yeah, if you wanted true. to. Yeah, well, that, that, would, nice. yeah. that would have been absolutely uh, brilliant. Mm. Um, uh Obviously, it was totally different when we played. Uh, as you know, we were banned. So, yeah. uh, and plus the fact that you you didn't really tell many people that you actually played football mm. because it, there was a stigma attached to to women playing football. Mm. So it was almost a, a, a secret. You you kind of did your work and then uh, at the weekend uh, you change into a different person and you play football. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is is, is incredible. So, I mean, you you kind of wonder what happens now. There is a feeling that this is going to be a big turning point and the game, which has grown an awful lot since you guys played, is going to get even bigger and bigger. You hopeful that's going to be the case? Well, I personally, I mean, obviously you saw 80-odd thousand is today. 17 million people tuned in. Mm. Then people have got to keep it up because it's no good saying, oh, yeah, I've been to the game and that's it. Cut off and don't go again. All these girls need supporting, no matter who they play for. You know, you can't sort of run a club having a thousand fans there every week. It's got to grow. Mm. And they've got the, the, the FA has got to help them out. Clubs, professional clubs, have got to do the bit because they're very selfish. They don't like the women playing on their grounds. Uh, so at the end of the day, you know, the ball's in their court. 
Yes, and good, yeah, mm. it's true. And a lot of it as well is, you know, Boris Johnson was saying uh, girls and women will, you know, fill the pitches across Britain. Yeah, but you, you've got to have coaches. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to have facilities. You know, women who haven't played before need help. They need coaching, don't they? You can't just, yeah, it's a simple yeah. game, but you need you need, do need to learn the basics. Well, uh, let's face it, what do they do at school? Mm. Yeah, uh, They have sport at school. Uh, the boys play football. Sure, uh, they have local uh, football clubs. They all have trainers. So, uh, what is wrong with the uh, the girls joining in? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good. I mean, at the moment, it, it, set, it, needs, to, it needs to start at grassroots. It needs to start yeah. in schools and local football uh, pitches, local football clubs. I mean, you need more women as well involved in the coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, some of that money hopefully will go into to uh, to to bring on more. I saw Emma Hayes talking about that this morning on TV. The Chelsea coach to bring more women into coaching to improve the quality of the play. It's interesting, Tiny. Whit was just saying there about the clubs not being keen on their stadiums being used. They will be if they're making plenty of money uh, <laughs> yeah. in the club shop. And, and it's interesting. Manchester United are playing Spurs at, at Tottenham's ground for the first game of the season. I think tickets went on sale earlier on the day. And I take it the Tottenham have decided to do what they do for, they did for Europa League games, which is open the bottom tier, which is still about 40-odd thousand, 30,000, 40,000 people. And looking at the tickets, it's selling really well. There's not a lot of tickets left. So, you know, if, if clubs are getting 20,000, 25,000 people, yeah, they'll soon be keen on it. They'll soon be keen, that. hopefully, on making sure those matches are played there and not at the little satellite grounds nearby. Well, a uh, perfect example, we went to the uh, Man United-Everton uh, game, the one that game in the season that Man United allowed them to play at Old Trafford. And it uh, there was 22,500 people went. Now, them 22,500 people won't be walk, um, riding down the East Lancashire Road to a little uh, sports village um, at Lee to watch uh, watch Man United ladies play. Mm. You know, uh, and, they, and and the ground only holds, I'm not Seven, quite eight. sure, about 8,000 at the mm. most. Mm. So um, you can't have them uh, trailing 12 and a half miles from Old Trafford and expect the same amount of, of support. No, and you're right. And, it, and it's also we've become a kind of stadium experience now, isn't it? There's an expectation yeah. you go along and there's a lot of you there when you watch the match. And yeah. I think there's that expectation now. And hopefully yeah. the, the crowds will keep coming. Just to finally, what about what's the latest? We spoke to you the other week. Uh, what's the latest on the, on the plaque? So you, you guys have got a kind of permanent reminder of, of the great work you did all those years ago. I know they're raising money for it, aren't they? Yeah. I think we might have lost them. We might have lost wit. There we got Tiny. Like She's they still are, there, though, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. So. We're, we're we're still wanting wanting the money to come in. Uh, mm. I know there's uh, six about six hundred pound of local uh, money come in, uh, but obviously we need more. Um, and let's face it, it's it's for a very important uh, thing. It's to remember the pioneers of women's football. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, anybody that's listening, uh, yeah. Well, we're going to put out the link once again so people can uh, donate because, you know, there wouldn't have been 
yesterday without you guys. So uh, great to talk to you again, uh, Tiny. We're all the best, and uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank cheers. you very much. Thank cheers. You. There we are. Bye. Margaret Whitworth, Wit, uh, Margaret Shepherd, Tiny. I mean, go and check out Manchester Corinthians, even mm. if you put it into um, Wikipedia. I mean, at one point, the girls, they would they didn't have any facilities at all. They played football, and they'd have a wash afterwards in the local pond, in the duck <laughs> pond, because there was nowhere else for them to, uh, to have a wash after uh, matches. And as he said, without... The work they did, there wouldn't have been what happened at Wembley yesterday. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I was thinking of buying an NFT of Russo's back back heel. Yes, of course. Well, a good uh, investment. It won't be cheap, will it? Now but, we saw mm. um, we saw uh, John Oliver Sunderland fan who gets in touch with the show. He was uh, there to witness the, not the, the American. No, not the no, not that one. No, he's a Liverpool British fan, comedian. as we know. Okay. Uh, but uh, he was there to to witness for the first time a referee wearing an Alex band, Darren Bond. Oh, the referee wearing wearing an Alex band for uh, the game yesterday. I've so. noticed as well in the charity in the Community Shield rather, and, and in that game as well, that a lot of the players are. Are sporting very nice suntans. They often do it this time of the year. Yeah. He uh, did as well, Alice Band Ref. Yeah. And uh, hope they will as he's now known. <laughs> Alice Band Ref. He will be. That's the thing. From now on, you just get Alice Band Ref, Darren well, Bond. It's, it's hard enough being a ref for whatever else. Mind you, talking of referees, I've got a brand new fitness routine I do during matches. I do the linesman's run. Okay. I, I, it's inspired by Darren Can. I do the sideways run up and down. I just keep going up and down Matelli along the line. I stop when they stop. I flag. So it's a bit of arm exercise. Wow. So it's like a, it's really, like a, it's a really it's great like routine. The assistant referee workout. Yeah. It's going to be the you next. You know that sideways run they do. Could be they never really, Jane Fonda. Apart, the only time they run forwards is when they come onto the pitch, don't they? Yeah. To, entering into the pitch. Otherwise, they're always running sideways. Would you, could, would you want to just show me now? Yeah, yeah, I'll show you. Andy's going to show me now, and we'll record some of this for you a little bit later on. So mind your head on that speaker. Don't wipe yourself out. <laughs> the last thing we do. So here we are. So you're on the touchline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're flagged. There you got a bit of arm action. Yeah, that flag. flag. There's a lot of flagging going on. It's quite involved, <laughs> aren't you, in the rhino this time. I so think your decision's that. wrong. But there does come a point. I do stop when they go to VAR. I just stand still. There's that long, that long <laughs> point. Uh, well, there's that long punt. You have to kind of get on your toes. You can't do that side on. No. You can follow the game side yeah. on. But occasionally you've got to sprint. I do occasional sprint behind the goal for the corners and stuff like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Do you yeah, get involved? In, do you stand there like? It's when okay. I want to get my steps up. Do you kind of talk? You do a bit of a Scott Parker. Do you sort of talk out the corner of your mouth? <laughs> you're saying, "Just been abused by the number six. You might want to have a word with him." That was definitely offside. <laughs> And if the you're wife comes in, I cover up my mouth and so nobody can see what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, of course, to her. that's the, definitely the best thing to do. So the linos work out. Maybe you've been it's following not, that as well. Bad, do do really. let us know this afternoon. Good old Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Honestly, you couldn't be more of an egomaniac, could be, to refer to yourself as the king. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's us. Well, he, he, <laughs> he left 10 minutes before the end of the game. Mm. Um, but, you know, we see that all the time, wasn't it? You know, that thing that we always say. Why is it that the person always leaves early <laughs> yeah. at the end of the game, says goodbye to a bloke called George? Yeah. I think it's quite <laughs> you good. reckon so he did? He gets up, doesn't he, the bloke, <laughs> and he goes, Cheerio, George, and see you next week. See you next fortnight. And then yeah, it might and see and a Wednesday goes, for the George. Couple. Yeah, like cheers, George. Yeah. So um, I wonder if Cristiano <laughs> did that when he got up to leave yesterday, 10 minutes. <laughs> Bye-bye, George. Yeah, cheers, Cristiano. Yeah, the, see you. the king is leaving. See you, see you for the cup match at the weekend. Seriously, is that, is that yeah. a joke to call yourself the king? I can, there's talk about no self-awareness. I mean, did he? I mean, he put it in a post, didn't he? I, I mean, suppose. He tweeted it. 
Well, I don't know if he does his own tweets. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Okay, quite you know, possibly not. There's a lot of ambush marketing going on. People saying, "Oh, congratulations to the lionesses." You think, well, "What's it got to do with you?" Okay. X company. <laughs> so I'd like to say H and J would like to congratulate the lionesses. Oh yeah, because we had so much to do with it. Yeah, we nothing. did. That's exactly absolutely nothing <laughs> at all. Apart from it? very much enjoying. But you'll see a lot of that. So don't take any notice of it. Yeah. In my view, um, uh, the Mystic Meerkats—they predicted the lionesses would win. Did they? So yeah. did I. Two-one. Listen back. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to go and find the go audio. Two-one to England in extra time. I said. And did I put any money? on No, I didn't. I did. Can you do? I mean, particularly rich. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, 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 poor old Nigel Pierce, Bristol City, the other day. The coach mm. broke down. That's not the start you want for the season. No. Is it? Oh, and they they turned up apparently in a fleet of taxis. Oh no! The players <laughs> all arrived. How did they get on? They all win? arriving by cab. Didn't they? Didn't they lose? I think they lost one they lost, nil. Oh dear. Yeah, a bit of a blow that, isn't it? Really? Yeah. And one thing we were saying also before the uh, program was that we were thinking ahead to next year's Women's World Cup and thinking, yeah. "Oh, we're going to build on this tremendous momentum. It's so exciting." And of course, it's much harder to win a World Cup than it is a, a Euros. Yeah. You know that has to be said, and it's going to be exciting. But then, I mean, I'd, um, they've given it to Australia and New Australia Zealand, and New Zealand, which yeah. is, of course, fair enough. I mean, they never give the men's World Cup to Australia and New Zealand for obvious reasons. You've got a final that's going to take place. Basically, we worked it out about five or six in the morning. Well, funny enough, I looked at the schedule. We'll talk to Faye about this. She's hmm. far more across it than we are. But I went and checked out the the schedule, and all the schedules are up for where the games are being played. Mm. And you know who will play like Group A, Group B, etc. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's no kickoff times. No. So I take it that's something they're well, going to have to deal because with because you've got to fit in with America. And that's hard. Yeah. You know you can't be and you can't be kicking off at ten o'clock at night local time. Really. No. It's going to so be. It's going to be some. It's going to be quite really difficult. difficult to follow. So, and they, I mean, look, it's, it's, they're perfectly entitled to have it. Of course they are, and you can't begrudge them the tournament. But it is a shame in one sense that you know. The games won't be yeah. on. The There'll be times some. I mean, really... it'll be a bit like remember the world, the, uh, Japan, the men's World Cup in Japan, Korea. You know, you have a yeah. lot of breakfast kickoffs, maybe for England yeah. games. You would think, which is which, which we great, got but... quite into, didn't we? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a kind of different dynamic, isn't it? I used to, we used to go down the calf at six mm. o'clock for the seven o'clock, then come back and watch the seven o'clock kickoffs. It was fantastic. But if you are thinking of writing a piece this week that says, and there have been some already that you know, oh, the Premier League's back and it's going to be. People shouting at each other. It's going to be aggressive, and it's going to be the crowds. And we'll, honestly, just don't bother to go. Wait till the WSL opens up, and you yeah. can't see that. I get annoyed at that sort of stuff myself. Okay, um, oh, change the subject completely. Oh, yeah. um, well, two things really. I love the idea that Wagatha Christie is being made into a drama yeah. starring Jodie Comer as Colleen. How do they... I bet Jodie Comer's agents are going, they haven't even asked us. Yeah. And They've also gone quite route one <laughs> casting-wise. Yeah. Emerald Fennell as, as Rebecca Vardy. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, we'd all watch it. Let's be honest. Well, we it was the yeah, court transcript. True, really, sounds like yeah. a winner. A uh, bit of housekeeping. Uh, Jake Dennis popped in and saw us last week from the world of Formula E. And uh, we must have sprinkled a bit of stardust on him because he had his first win in London. Oh, good. Well yeah. done, Tim. First uh, uh, E-Pre win of the season on Saturday. So, uh, well Brilliant. done to him. Good to him. Uh, yeah, I hope you had a good time if you did go along because uh, it was down at the XL in London, uh, the big event, and apparently went off very well. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. 
Well, not really. It's uh, those clips of the week. Pewter, the old dusty box of mini discs. You know the drill by now. Dusted down, digitised by the producer with his... I imagine it's a bit of a collector's item, his old mini disc playing. Yeah. Yeah. Quite coveted. That's how it keeps working. That's right. Otherwise, we're we in trouble. We've not heard these since February, March 2010, so your guess is good as ours. But as a curator, he's done a pretty good job. Yes, the so, then, so kick us we off, We wouldn't Andy. have put them in in the first place if we didn't like them. Well, no, hopefully not. Well, I don't think so. So who's we, first? We begin with Adam Brazil on breakfast. Beautiful. 13 minutes to 10 o'clock. Right, we've been building up more. Oh, oh morning. Morning. That was a classic oh, morning. Yeah. <laughs> Sticking with Alan, uh, here he is being interrupted by an old Clips of the Week character, the Talk Sports Seal. Remember him? Yeah. I think they will sell the best players just out, 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 out. <laughs> yeah, the Talk Sports Seal, Talk great Sports to hear from Mike Perry was often with the Talk Sports Seal, wasn't he? Yeah. And it's clearly something of a menagerie in the Talk Sports studio as Andy Townsend and Mike Perry were interrupted by the Talk Sport Cow. Talk Sport Cow, yeah. See, this is the problem. Everybody expects Berbatov to step up and be a Rooney, and he's not a Rooney. Well, Rooney he's... is a to- totally different player. Mm. Jenny, listen. Mm, he was in there, he that's often bit, used to pop that's in. a bit tenuous. Yeah. <laughs> Quite brief. Mm. Uh, let's get the news now. News at one with Faye Carruthers. <laughs> uh, good afternoon, I'm Mike Bovell. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play that to Faye later. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> uh, what's next then? It's Dan Corrymore now. It's been an unbelievable turnaround. Hull City went 1-0 up, but ended up losing the game 4-0. Well, I think that, that is an unbelievable turnaround. <laughs> well, really. goal away. Uh, here's Adrian Goldberg and the Moose on early breakfast chatting to a caller. How many European cups do you want? Look, the northeast is a hotbed of football. Hello, Hello. sorry, Phil. <laughs> I'll come back to you. <laughs> Hold on a sec, Phil. Let me just sort this out. The north. You wouldn't deny that the northeast of England is a hotbed of football. Well, Newcastle, yeah. And Middlesbrough and Sunderland. All right, Sunderland, not Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, they get barely anybody anymore. I'm going to put the phone down. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> Upset the callers. <clears throat> Upset <Yeah>. the callers. <laughs> Let's head back to Adam Brazil now. And can the Arsenal pull off a surprise win tonight? Would you start with Soul Combo? I do I do like a soul combo. It's fantastic. What a great band they were. Like Played all the hits. Bit of Otis Redding they'd kick off with. Um, uh, so uh, this is the caller to Mike Parry and Andy Townsend. Exactly. Uh, Mick is in Leighton. Mike, Mick, look, let's Mick, have a chat with Mick. Mick, good afternoon. Yeah, hi, oh, man, I'm on talk sport. Yeah, yes, on, you Mick. are, Mick. Yeah. All right, all right, mate. Yeah, go How on, you mate. doing, yeah. Mick? All right. Yeah, I'll keep... I'm, I'm in late and I'm a West Ham boy, yeah? Right. I'll, I'll keep ferrets and polecats, yeah? What, what do you want to know? <laughs> well, I think you've told us Central all you really... casting, is all we really yeah, need. God bless you, Governor, and no mistakes. A real <laughs> toffee. Br- gave me a sovereign, he did. That's <laughs> yeah, brilliant. What do you want to know? I take it they... I know in Mike Parry had gone down a particular... Uh, gone yeah. like some sort of ferret polecat hole that day that Andy Townsend couldn't get him out of and that's why they were asking for more information um, well, what's next? It's Ronnie Arani on breakfast and good luck getting your head round this I lived at one stage about five minutes from home <laughs> OK, well that's, okay, that's quite sense. a troubling story and we don't necessarily <laughs> want to go there Ronnie and finally it's Mike <laughs> Parry whose uh, recollection was as good as ever I remember quite recently, right, when I say recently, two years ago, an aeroplane, I think, flying over Japan. No, it was coming back from India because yes. um, um, the, uh, the the girl, uh, what's her name, Goldsmith. Um, girl, Jemima? Who, yeah, yeah, Jemima Goldsmith, who married um, the football, the cricketing guy. You know, what was his she name? She married Imran Khan. Imran Khan, that's him. Right, now she was on the plane and so was Brian 
the leader of... Uh... <laughs> That's brilliant, isn't it? Brian who? Why didn't he get a quiz show doing that? Because if you won, like, 100 quid for every time you said, you know, Jemima, she married Imran Khan. And so and I think Andy Townsend, officially, was owed about 400 quid there. And a trip to Torremolinos for two. And a Carolina cutlery. Incredible. And uh, his and hers uh, heated rollers. Good stuff. So there we are. There was uh, <coughs> some clips of the week pewter uh, for you from back in 2010. We'll have the clips of the month. You can vote on them a bit later this week. And, of course, fresh batch of clips of the week for you on Friday. Um, th- that talk sports seal clip, Steve mm. from Wincham, still listening, said, I sent that one in. Great to hear it all these oh, years well ago. Steve. He got the credit. Still paying out, Steve. You're still getting <laughs> the credit uh, for that one. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I think about 7,000 people squeezed into uh, Trafalgar Square earlier on. A lot of them were kind of queuing for ages and ages to get in there to uh, see the Lionesses parade the trophy and, and be interviewed on the stage. After that, they, they caught up uh, with our very own Faye Carruthers, our England correspondent, and she joins us now. Hi, Faye. Hey, Paul. Hi, Andy. Well, I mean, the voice is sounding remarkably good. Only four hours sleep I heard yeah. on break. I know, I know. It's been on its last legs for about four days now, and I'm waiting for it to go. It's going to go when I go on holiday. That's I was expecting happen. an Alan Brazil one of those. <laughs> my, my throat. I, yeah, I was expecting one. Not in a Scottish accent. That would have been weird. But, I mean, um, that would have been very yeah. weird. <laughs> but, you know, look, the, the casual uh, football fans who have suddenly, I wouldn't say jumped on the bandwagon, mm. but have enjoyed what the, the girls have been doing over the last month and in the build-up to it. I mean, you know, we're all pleased and so many people in Trafalgar Square but for for those of you that have followed the women's game and championed the, the, yeah, the women's great. game, it, it, it must be just absolutely amazing what happened yesterday. It, genuinely, I've cried more in the past two days than I have done all year. <laughs> I'm not really I'm not really one for, for too much emotion in that way but honestly, it's given me chills on so many occasions because there are so many fantastic champions of women's football in this arena 
and it's all credit to them that we're even at this point in the first place. And what I love about this group of players is that they never forget the generation that came before them and the generation before that and so on and so forth. And when I spoke to Lucy Bronze in the tunnel last night and I said to her, it's 56 years and a day since England won a major trophy. And she said, yeah, and how mental is it that women weren't even allowed to play football back then? Mm. And that just sums up this and I hate using this word and I'm so sorry to do it but there is no other one it sums up the journey Mm. it's been an incredible journey it really has and so many people's hard work and dedication has got us to this point and hopefully we can stop having conversations about girls struggling to be able to play football at school because they're told that they have to play netball or hockey or, or something different and we'll get to a point where girls can do whatever they want to do um you know and there's a lot of inspiration from the from these girls but we've got to make sure now that the momentum continues and investment is put into the game uh, you caught up with a few of the girls going to hear from uh, rachel daly i think first of all what did she have to say Oh, well, I asked her about whether or not she ever thought she'd be singing River Deep Mountain High on a stage in front of 7,000 people in Trafalgar Square. We do it after every game in the change rooms. It goes off in the change rooms. Obviously, we win and we, we sing that song with me leading it, but I'll never do it in front of anyone. And then last night, a few drinks deep, Leah was like, got it up, got it on the stage and gave me the microphone. I was like, oh, no. So then I did it last night and then she just looked at me and she was like, you will get legend status if you do this. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. And I was like, listen, I might might never be in this moment again. Like, express your personality, do what the team wants, and everyone loved it. So This is the thing, we all know your personality. We want everybody else to know it as well. And I just spoke to Millie about the snow angels that you were making in the confetti, which had me in bits. I was pitch side watching you. It was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, again, I think, you know, that's something that Serena's instilled in us as well, to show our character and our personality. And... That's how you get the best out of players. This is life-changing, though. You know that. I know it's been an emotional year and a half for, for you in particular. But how important have your family been with this? And, you know, we've talked about your dad watching you. He'd have loved that. Yeah, I mean, he had the best seat in the house. Uh, last time he was at Wembley, he cried during the anthem. So that got me a little bit emotional b- before the game. But, no, he would have had the best seat in the house. He would have been so proud. And, you know, he wouldn't have wanted anything more than for us to go out there and win this. Uh, but my family have been amazing. They're my rocks. They've been there every game and supporting me near and far. And yeah, I, I owe it all to them. Everything I do is for them. Rachel Daly, it would be nice if Tina Turner had popped down yeah. earlier on today. You've, uh, you've, you've got to know these girls pretty well, though, haven't you? Yeah, they're an incredible group. I can't even begin to explain how privileged I felt being in the tunnel last night when they were all coming up and hugging me and fist bumping. Every- Literally, they were just grabbing hold of anybody that they know that's kind of been on this journey and watched them from a from a distance. They are so grateful to everybody who's covered uh, the women's game for, for such a long time and to see them have that huge release because obviously throughout the tournament that they've been going game by game you know all the usual kind of cliches that, that you get from from the players throughout the tournament not wanting to get ahead of themselves and it really felt as if last night that huge weight was lifted off their shoulders and that you were you were seeing you know what I know that they are when when I, I see them in training and just before we go on interview before they go into interview mode and that they're, they're such a cracking group of, of players Players. They're, they're great fun to be around and they get on really well. It's it's genuine. You know, when it, I, I get asked that stock 
question every time I come on air, don't I? What's the mood like in camp? It genuinely mm-hmm. is great fun because they all get on so well. And actually, Rachel Daly mentioned Millie Bright there, uh, her best friend. They've been together uh, through so much and uh, they were having an absolute ball yesterday. And I spoke to Millie and started by asking her to try and sum up her feelings as a European champion. Just overwhelmed by all the support and, yeah, just still realising that we've, um, we've won and, yeah, best in Europe. You've been incredible from start to finish in this tournament, but having been in tournaments with England in the past, we've spoken over many years, how does this moment compare? Yeah, like we've always said, obviously we set out to want to win the tournament and we didn't really speak about that throughout. We just spoke about game by game and that was us keeping our mentality on the opponent in front of us. Um, But for us, our journey is just beginning. This is our foundation now and we build on this and yeah, we want to keep lifting silverware, but we know that we have to keep improving and yes we are the best in Europe but as always we always want to improve and yeah I think everyone's eager to get back at it ready for next year. How important is it to carry this momentum forward? We've seen it before everyone rides a high and then the momentum gets lost. What do we do next? It's massive and you know if we want to continue going in this direction and we want women's football to to be as big as it is now and if not bigger then you know we have to keep getting the crowds in WSL and other leagues and it can't just be a one-off thing. Yeah, that is the million-dollar mm. question, Faye, isn't it? Really, how to build on this momentum, and you know, it's so it is a very difficult thing to do. No one quite knows it's going to happen like this, and when it does, everybody's got yeah. to move quickly. I, I think it will because I think the this momentum that we got to at this point was a lot to do with the WSL in the last couple of years, mm. especially last season when the coverage was so good on BBC and on Sky. So I think it's going in that direction. Yeah, it really is. It's something we've been talking about for a long time. I've been at many women's sport conferences where, you know, we've been trying to encourage brands to get on board with with women's sport and telling them the potential that that women's sport has. And, you know, they've all jumped on board on on this tournament. And I think finally brands are are realising the potential of, of... of who they can reach with this. And it shouldn't always be about the commercial side of it, obviously, but unfortunately that's the world we live in, isn't it? And and without the commercial support, you don't get the funding, you don't get the investment, you don't get uh, the marketing, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, to have all these big brands on board um, when they're successful, that can only drive the game forward. And what it needs to then do is drip down into grassroots level because that's where the money is needed to make sure that the next generation of lionesses have the best opportunity possible to be able to follow in these girls' footsteps. You had a chat with Frank Kirby as well. It was a difficult tournament for me. She got a great goal against Northern Ireland and there was little flashes, glimpses of what, what she can do and if you watch her play for Chelsea or for England you know what she's capable of it didn't she's quite played well against Sweden yeah she did well. play she didn't quite brilliantly. happen for you that was yeah. a that was a big game of the mm. tournament but um she I mean she could have been a she could have been the, the player of the tournament she is that good but um uh, what did she have to say Oh, she was incredible, uh, as she always is and and I started off talking to her about Serena Wiegmann's influence on the dressing room Everyone knows their roles, everyone knows their responsibilities, everyone's programmed to work for one another. I always said, you know, at international level you have to do your job and a half um, because, you know, you're against so many amazing players and same as yesterday, you know, Germany were a quality side and we knew we had to work hard and do what we can to get the win and I think, you know, she's really brought that togetherness to the team. Bearing in mind the journey that you've had with the Lionesses and, and at Chelsea as well, what does this moment mean to you? 
it's you know something you know like I said that I've dreamed about since I was younger is winning a trophy with England and coming so close previously it was it was been tough um, but yeah I mean to finally do it now and to have a gold medal it's incredible. You know that I always mention Adrian Durham to you you know he's your number one biggest fan have you got a message to him? No, always just thank you so much for your support. I saw a nice picture of him yesterday with his Frank Kirby top on, so he looked like he had a great time. And, yeah, I'm just happy that we could win this and that he can continue pushing the women's game and continue to talk about it. And, of course, you know, it's great when he's such a massive fan of mine. And, yeah, it's, it's great to have his support, so thank you so much. It's Frank Kirby. When's the next game, Faye, for England? So there are two games coming up, uh, one away to Austria and then uh, at Stoke in September against Luxembourg. So very much looking forward to that. The girls will have a bit of a rest and spend some time with their families. And then, of course, uh, the WSL season kicks mm. off on the 10th of September as well. So we're not that far away from that. Six weeks uh, for them to prepare. But they're going to have time for a little bit of reflection because they're definitely going to need that. I said on the radio earlier when uh, Leah Williamson had, had come on and done an interview with us and when the tunnel was quiet afterwards she just came past holding the trophy and she just went Faye I can't believe this can you believe this <laughs> I went no I can't believe this she went I don't think I'm ever going to believe this and she <laughs> genuinely was just you know and I think we all kind of felt like that um oh by the way Rachel Daly let me kiss her medal she went Ooh. have some of this and I was <laughs> like oh loving life so I've touched the trophy I've kissed the medal and I'm happy Adrian Durham doing freed from desire moves at Box Park oh, wow. as well made my night incredible <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast there we are that was this afternoon's show uh, I'll do it all again tomorrow with Charlie and uh, you'll be back on Wednesday I will yeah. marvellous okay well uh, do hope you can join us on one tomorrow for the show if not podcast is always available around four I know what available is I need that you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on Talk Sport normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.